0: 30 on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Thank you very much. See you Daily. back again tomorrow, just after the 6 p.m. news for uh, all your latest on uh, Money We Have Show. But now it's time to delve into all aspects of the Premier Soccer League, and what an exciting day it was in the uh, PSL transfer deadline day. That's right. 5 o'clock today, it closed. We'll make sure we hear from uh, a man who was, well, had his finger on the pulse in terms of uh, PSL transfers and deadlines. Uh, Chad Clay, the kickoff reporter, will give us updates on uh, all the big moves happening today. Not that there were very many, strangely enough So I'm going to leave that out of my sports news Deliberately to get into the details With uh, Chad Clayton on the show We're also going to be catching up with the victorious captain Of the Urban Warriors, IX Cape Town's Travis Graham, uh, who uh, Led his side to victory over Bitvis Fitz over the weekend, and what result That turned out to be, they're into the MTN8 final Now where they'll take on the defending champions Kaiser Chiefs, and then we are going to catch up With a man who uh, is oh, Such a likeable character Even being on Saturday nights, had the opportunity opportunity to catch up with um, David Ellere man who was on the original panel of the Premier Soccer League or the uh, Premier League in England, but he 's got a very close relationship with South Africa despite being one of the foremost people in uh, European refereings um, core as it were and i 'll explain more about core later on I will get to catch up with uh, the man himself, David Ellery, who's in the country and he'll even be spending his birthday in South Africa this year. That's right. He he, uh, celebrates a birthday uh, later this week and then we're going to be uh, talking a little bit more about some of the great movements, but wow, what a final. And I've got to say, despite the MTN8 final, uh, 1-0 scoreline seeing um, Chiefs and IX through to the final, the goalkeepers on the losing sides they were the stars of the show, weren't they? Moneev Josephs and uh, Patrick Tinium. The number of saves they pulled out in the duration of the, the actual matches in the second legs, unbelievable. And what a weekend, what a way to finish the um, World Athletics Championships. Sumit fulyun gold medal position right till the very end, but she managed to claim bronze behind an inspired home favourite and the biggest throw in the world this year so really no harm done uh, joining Wade Finnegarke and, of course, uh, Anasso Jobudwana, South African medalist at the World Championships. And well done to Kenya, from an African perspective, top of the table with some unexpected goals, including uh, Bent and in the 400 hurdles, and, of course, men's javelin gold for uh, Julian Yego as well. But we'll get into uh, the sports news quickly, starting off with a little bit of football. Bafana Bafana has confirmed that they'll play against Senegal in the Nelson Mandela Challenge at Orlando Stadium on uh, Tuesday, September the 8th. Now kick-off will be at 7 o'clock. Last year, South Africa beating uh, d'Ivoire by two goals to nil at uh, Mobile Stadium, thanks to goals from Mugani Zulungu and David Zulu. Shakes Mashaba's side uh, playing against uh, Mauritania in a 2017 Africa Cup of Nations qualifier in Nwakchot this coming Saturday. Tennis, uh, I can tell you, three-time defending champion Serena Williams is beginning her quest to compete uh, complete a calendar year Grand Slam as the US Open starts today at Flushing Meadows. Simon Cambers is uh, in New York City. Simon, thanks for joining us. Hello. Let's uh, start off with Serena Williams. Uh, well, who can stop her aside from possibly herself?
1: <laughs> it's always the way, isn't it? I think, I think you're absolutely right. It's um, It's a question of whether she plays her best, and we know that when she does, she's probably going to be good enough, but there's a lot of pressure on her shoulders here, you know, winning that uh, calendar year grand slam would be such an achievement, first one since Stephanie Clark, and, you know, she's got a tough draw, so she's going to have to get hit the ground running, she's got a good first round match, so she should be okay tonight, but I expect her to play very well like she usually does.
0: Let's talk about uh, some of the people who've already got off to a start, Kaney Shikori, from what I've seen, not off to the most inspiring of starts, and I would have thought he would have been amongst the favourites.
1: Absolutely, he dropped the first set in his match, that's quite right. Uh, he's just hit back against Benoit Pair of France. He's an awkward customer, but Nishikori's just won the second set. So They're perhaps starting to turn things around. But Yeah, not the start you'd expect from a runner-up last year, somebody that uh, could be a, a slightly dangerous place this year.
0: Indeed. Uh, let's talk from a South African perspective. Kevin Anderson, of course, there's a great deal of excitement about his uh, uh, climbing up the world rankings, albeit to 14th position in, uh, in the world overall today. What's his draw look like?
1: Yeah, not too bad. Uh, I mean, I think just the, the main thing for him is just confidence. The confidence of winning another title, first one in three years, as he said, um, would have done him the world of good in similar conditions in New Haven. And you know, he's just got to make sure that uh, he concentrates on himself, and doesn't worry about that uh, pressure of trying to get through to the quarterfinals. But, uh, you know, I think he's looking good and he's, uh, he's in good spirits. Definitely, I saw him the other uh, day and he looks very happy.
0: Let's talk about the men's draw, top seed, of course, uh, Novak Djokovic. I think he's in action on day one as well against Souza of Brazil, is that right? Uh, what does his draw look like for, to the final?
1: Well, I mean, if he couldn't have asked for a better draw, to be honest. He's got a very straightforward-looking draw on paper for the first four or five rounds. And then he starts to get a little bit more difficult, really, almost to the semis for him. You'd expect him to get straight to the semis. Nishikori is his uh, seeded opponent. So, you know, if something happens to him along the way, things will look even better. But uh, Djokovic
0: has has got the better draw of all of the uh, top seeds. Just going back to the women's draw briefly, I saw Anna Vanimic was out on court uh, a short while ago. I don't know what's currently happening, but uh, up against uh, Chibulkova, she lost the first set as well. Another one of those uh, players right up at the very top so such ability. But it seems the seeds seem to be struggling early on. Has there been any, any recovery from her?
1: Yeah, uh, no, not not at the moment. She's a breakdown in the second step. Uh, Subolkova, of course, is a good player. runner-up in the Australian Open a couple of years ago. But, uh, yeah, Ivanovic's struggling. And that section of the draw is where Maria Sharapova was supposed to be before she pulled out with an injury yesterday. Uh, so it's really open for anyone to come through. And, and that will help Serena, obviously, because that's in her quarter.
0: Oh well, Serena Williams. Well, as uh, I've said for many years, uh, I think Serena Williams the only person that can stop her winning this c- calendar year Grand Slam. Is possibly herself. But uh, Simon, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, we'll keep you—you'll keep us updated at least for the remainder of the week.
1: I will. I'm looking forward to it.
0: All good. Simon so some is from uh, New York City. I can tell you cricket news that uh, there's a one-off T20 international at Sophia Gardens in Cardiff. England 182 for five they posted in their 20 overs. In reply, after 13 overs, Australia currently 124 for two. Meanwhile, Sri Lanka was 67 for three at stumps on day four. With the deciding Test against India in Colombo set a target 386 to win the final Test after dismissing India for 274 in their second innings. Sri Lanka lost Taranga Karun. Uh, Ratni and Chandamal before the close of play. Rugby news. The Golden Lions will welcome back their talisman and captain Warren Whiteley to the side this week, but will have to say goodbye to both Elton Yankees and Lionel Mapu. A number of the Springboks who missed out on selection in Friday night's Rugby World Cup squad of 31 will return to their provinces this week, but Yankees and Mapu will be heading to Japan to join clubs there for the foreseeable future and are only likely to return next year for Vodacom Super Rugby. Meanwhile, the Blue Bulls have managed to secure the long-term future of a number of their senior players, including Springboks Andre Pollard and Jesse Creel. Blue Bulls company announced earlier that they had extended the contracts of Springbok, Pollard, Creel and Adrian Strauss until October 2019. Trevor Njokane has signed on uh, another three years and Jan Sarfontaine extended his contract until October 2017. Rowing news. South Africa's rowers gave a great account of themselves on day one of the World Rowing Championships in France. Three of the South African crews are through to Wednesday's quarterfinals, but the remaining two will still have to battle it out in tomorrow's reprochage in order to qualify for the semi-finals. The current world champions in the lightweight double skulls, James Thompson and John Smith, won their heat, as did Kirsten McCann and Ursula Grobler in the women's lightweight double skulls, and Sean Keeling and David Hunt in the men's pairs. But Nadine Smith and Leanne Purse finished second in their heat in the women's pairs and will have to compete in the Rebashars tomorrow. So too for Sison Glovo, uh, Lawrence Britton, Vance Spirit, and John T. Smith, who were beaten in, by a second in the men's fours. Just finally, in some cycling news, Inting Goubergas' Christian Spragli won today's 146.6 tenth stage kilometre. Uh, at the 10th stage of the La Vuelta a España from Valencia to Castellón, team giant Alpersons Tom Dumoulin retained his overall lead of 57 seconds in the individual classification. Tomorrow is the Grand Tour's first rest day. And that's your sports news. It's time for the PSL Radio Show For all you need to know about the Premier Soccer League fixtures, results, and all the latest news Broadly brought to you by Absa Today, tomorrow, together PSL Radio Show <laughs> So FM South Africa's news and information leader And speaking of information You talk about PSL deadline day And you realise you need to get all the latest information As it happens today At 5 o'clock The uh, PSL transfer window officially closed Having been open from the 1st of July 71 players moving within the APSA Premiership uh, From one APSA Premiership team to another 82 from National First Division clubs to the Premier Division And 6 from the lower tiers Of course many players having left South African shores as well Among them the Chiefs pairing of Masa but we are going to talk about what happened today. We've got on the line uh, experienced journalist and younger brother to a man we chatted to on Thursday, Dane Tate. his younger brother Chad. Chad, thanks for joining us. Hello. Uh, thanks for
2: having me, Dane. Pleasure being
0: on. Uh, I'm not going to say it was very lucky for your brother to be on this show uh, last week. He came on, was sounding confident ahead of the uh, the MTN8 uh, second, uh, second leg of the MTN8 uh, final against Ajax. But let's hope we have better luck with you. Um, today... Oh, yeah, sure. P.S.L. transfer deadline day. Uh, normally, it's particularly busy. Um, I think I spotted yeah. two transfers taking place. Uh, Chad, uh, good morning, yeah,
2: I must say, I mean, keeping keeping my eyes peeled on on today's activity has been quite quite uh, easy, quite an easy job. I mean, uh, I've never had such an easy job as, as a reporter for for Kickoff Magazine in, in the years that I've been there. So uh, today's been, I, I, I would say, quite quite an easy day so um, I think uh, it's been quite an anti-climax to the, to the transfer season we've had so far I think we've had some good signings throughout the season and uh, with today being so quiet I think it's just settled all all the excitement and everything ahead of the season so I don't know maybe, maybe the, the chances that have, have happened already are, are going to some life onto, onto, the, onto the
0: action on the pitch. Yeah, maybe all the teams got wise and did their uh, big signings early on rather than wait till uh, till deadline day as in previous seasons. But let's talk about the uh, the actual uh, decisions that were finalized today. Um, I know Mugerwa and Gunyama were confirmed as going to Mugerwa coming from URA to Orlando Pirates and um, Gunyama away from Sundowns, the move he wanted. He's back at Maritzburg United where he was on loan two, two weeks ago. But uh, a couple of other movements that came in late today.
2: Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I've seen Kamal Dina the PSL have confirmed that, uh, Abraud has been registered with, with Kaiser Chiefs, so he's available to play, which means that Chiefs and, and Celtic have, have agreed on a settlement on, on that transfer saga that happened there with Brawl signing a pre-contract with Celtic. Um and then also, um there was movement with, uh, regards to Egon Mabas, who was at Maritzburg on loan last season, he just confirmed a one-year loan with Ajax Cape Town.
0: It's a big move for for him because he's part of an Ajax side that looks to be on the up. Very young uh, group of players, and Mabasso is still very much uh, uh, one of those players you could uh, argue is uh, is young, promising, and talented. But um, do, do you find that there were any real surprises that either happened or didn't happen? I think a lot of people are saying Villagazi hasn't moved again, and it's a surprise to some.
2: Yeah, know that that's definitely a surprise to many. I mean, even even ourselves as journalists, we've been looking out for a move for him as well. I mean, there's been talk of him leaving, uh, early talk of him joining Chiefs and then Pirates coming to the fore and then uh, most recently it's been Mamelodi Sundowns. And I know I've, I've been sniffing around at bit, this bit and, and there were rumours that that um, Gavin Hunt was actually inquiring over the services of uh, Kateko Mersheko who's also seen a lack of game time at Sundowns uh, last season and he's looking for more game time. Um that obviously didn't materialise. Uh, I do know, however, that uh, Wits were keen on uh, a swap deal involving Vilakazi. If if he were to move. I know Wits, Wits aren't one who are um, financially struggling, so they don't need uh, much funds on, on transfers. So if they were to let go of Villa, I think um, Sun Mounds were probably the, the key target there. But obviously uh, Sun were reluctant to let go of some of their personnel in, in favour of uh, Villa Kazi.
0: Ch- Chad, who made the best signings this window in your opinion?
2: Um one one that stood out for me is is Prince mamalo's move to from Supersport Sport to, to Ajax. I mean he's he's made a great impact helping uh Ajax I mean reach the final. Unfortunately he missed out on the sec- second leg on, on Sunday against Fitz due to his multiple epilepsy fit. Uh, we wish him a speedy recovery as well. Um another one would have to be obviously the signings of Clayton uh joining with uh, between the two of them already uh, seven goals and assists uh, in the in the four matches five matches that they've played so far. Um, other two uh, big signings I would say is Bongani Kumalo, Dean Furman, uh, Michael Boxall, Isaka Surnek joining SuperSport. I mean they've made quite a few good signings and uh, if if those players can can gel into the team as quickly as possible, I'm sure they'll. They'll be gunning for what Well, what comes next is the Telcom knockout. So it'll be an interesting tournament with, with the signing settling in and, and players uh, starting to find their feet at their new clubs. We'll have to wait and see what, what transpires in, in the coming cup, cup competitions as well as the the league race.
0: Are there any players for you that uh, are now left out in limbo that you feel uh, are finding themselves in a position where they're officially still registered to a club but not going to see any, uh, any game time or... Uh, you know, unlike somebody like Katlejon for example, who's made the move, swallowed his pride, and gone off to a Royal Eagles in the National First Division.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, at, at Sundown, there's, there's quite a few players we've heard of. I mean, Kwanda has just ca- confirmed the move to Maris, back to Marisburg now. Uh, but otherwise, there's players like Bryce Moon, Reece Evans, who are also looking forward to making the move. But with the transfer window shut now, it doesn't look like that can happen. So they're probably left in limbo at Sundown. Um, there's also a situation of uh, Mame Schlangu internationally. I mean, he hasn't found a club yet. Kind of, I know he's a free agent. After, after um, his contract extended, I mean, uh, expired. So he's free to move at any time. But obviously, he's future still in Limbo. We'd, we'd have to keep a, a keen eye on what happens with him in future.
0: Yeah, I think a couple of uh, really uh, on paper, it seemed really great players that are still uh, without uh, without a club or unfortunately sitting at clubs as uh, third or fourth choice. I mean, Wayne Sanderlands, as a goalkeeper would probably walk into the starting lineup of just about any other PSL team. I- I'm afraid, but sitting in limbo, it looks like at Mamelodi Sundowns. But uh, Chad Clate, kick-off uh, football writer and uh, a man who's a social media enthusiast. If you'd like to follow him at uh, C Clatey on uh, Twitter, of course. Chad, thank you very much for your insights and opinions, and uh, enjoy. The football ahead.
1: Thanks so much, Dwayne. You too. Dwayne DeLocker
0: on SAFM. SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Now, MTN8 uh, semi-final action. Ix Cape Town beating Bidvest Blitz one-nil yesterday afternoon. They secured themselves a place down the MTN8 final against the defending champions Kaiser Chiefs next month. But the man that led the Urban Warriors to their first MTN8 final since 2009 is on the line. The uh, Ix Cape Town captain, Travis Graham. Travis, thanks for joining us. Hello
3: thanks for having me on the show
0: Congratulations on the win uh second successive domestic cup final after playing in the twenty fifteen niven Cup final three months ago. You must be delighted
3: yeah it's been a, it's been an unbelievable start for us you know uh last season we've we've done quite well and yeah we always wanted to to start fresh and keep on going on a good note so yeah, here we are again in the final and hopefully we can go all the way this time.
0: Yeah, wanting we'll to go one better. Uh, speaking of uh, better, before we actually talk about the game, I heard uh, your striker who's been in red-hot form this season, Prince Lamalo, three goals for him already. He had a rather serious epileptic seizure over the weekend and he was uh, admitted to to hospital. In fact, it was in ICU. Uh, do you know what an update is? Uh, how is he at the moment?
3: Unfortunately, he couldn't uh, participate in uh, the match against Ritz, but he's doing quite well. Um, hopefully he will get relief soon and uh, back with the with the team again, so yeah, we're looking forward for his recovery and uh, he's participating uh, in the in the
0: team again. As long as it's nothing uh, overly serious or long term, but this is the third time now in three weeks that you actually played against Bidvest. You you lost the league match by an odd goal, you drew the first leg of the semi final, and then you advanced to the eight final courtesy of that win yesterday in the in the third game. But if, if someone had offered you the league loss at a place in the uh, final three weeks ago, would you have taken it?
3: Yeah, of course, you know, it's, it's, as I said before, it's, it's been like an unbelievable start. We didn't, uh, do quite well in, uh, in the first game against Fritz, but, you know, we told ourselves that we, we want to be in the, in the final again and just experience, uh, the taste of, of winning something. So, yeah, uh, hopefully we can, we can do it, uh, once again.
0: Well, the last time I spoke to Roger De Soa, your, your coach, you actually mentioned the the confidence of his young players, his young team, and uh, now that all of you have at least a season of PSL football behind you guys, uh, and that he felt the belief is sort of backed up by at least some experience. How significantly has that influenced or helped your job as captain? of
3: no, Coach Roger has been you know, an exceptional coach, and you know. he's he's experienced a lot of of, of semi-finals and finals, so. Having him around, me, it's, it's it's a big uh, bonus for us. And yeah, um, being the captain, you know, it's 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 been an unbelievable uh, ride for me. You know, I've been learning a lot uh, by his side and also with the teammates uh, that I have. And yeah, Roger's just been been telling me to to focus on my game and just to to be myself. You know, so his his words has has always been at the back of my mind, and I've always listened to what he has to say. And and hopefully I can keep learning from him.
0: Travis, uh, you're one of the many players at Ajax who've come through the uh, academy. Or well, ten of the players who were on the pitch yesterday were academy players. Quite remarkable. Does that that make your job easier as well, having known that mo- most of you come from similar backgrounds and come through similar development structures?
3: Yeah, I think it does. You know, um, I've been playing with a uh, with quite a uh, few players then, and, and since a young age. So I think uh, the bond between between us has has been great uh, from the very young age. And. Yeah, it's, it's it's starting to show now that we we, we actually know each other's uh, strengths and weaknesses. So I think that's that's obviously a big plus for for ice skating, and and hopefully we can we can keep improving as a team and and uh, do well together.
0: When you realize that you came through the same academy, same structures that players like Steven Pinar, players like Tulani Serrero, players like Daylon Claassen. came through. Does it give you a, an opportunity or do you, do you find your mind wandering off to the possibility of uh, campaigning in Europe one day as a player?
3: Yeah, of course, they've, they've set the goal for us and they've, they've, they've reached the dream. So for us young players at, at Ice Cape Town, I think we've we've... We we found our our goal settings and and we we really want to uh, make it in Europe one day and I think those players has, has just opened um, doors for us you know so hopefully we can we can keep working hard and and show the Europe that that we can uh, do do the job as as, as they can.
0: Let's talk about your own game very briefly, uh, Travis. Uh, when, when you're not injured, you've had uh, your fair share of unlucky uh, time spent in the, uh, the medical uh, tent, but w- when you're on the pitch, you, your, your play has been remarkable, you've you showed great vision off the ball, you, you just seem to be enjoying your football at the moment. Uh, do you find that you, you're having a great time at the side, side and you believe that this is a team that you can go on and win trophies with regularly?
3: Yes, of course. You know, um, I've been out for uh, a full season, and it wasn't great for me personally. But I think, uh, you know, growing up in in the Ikes industry and and in the business and the club, I think everyone is is doing their part in the club and wanting the club to do, to, to to excel. And I think this season is is a, is a time where we start uh, winning silver and just to show the fans that that we appreciate the support and and as a club as a, as a whole, we we really want a, the club to to stand out. Um, in the PSL And in South Africa
0: Travis before you get to the final you still got a league match Against Bulagwani City In two weeks time is, is that going to be a battle For three points Or in a sense uh, Preparation for For the final In your mind
3: No for me And for the For the players of course I think we We are focused In the league as well And It's important for us To get uh, as much points As possible In the beginning You know So that we don't have to To focus on On relegation Or, or other things So I think it's going to be important for us to get the three points and from there, let's, we will we'll probably um, keep our confidence high and, and go into the final on a high note.
0: Despite being such a young team, uh, man, top five finish in the league last season and a cup final, you're in the first cup final of the following season, certainly have high expectations of this uh, young Ajax squad, but uh, Travis, you're doing a superb job leading these young men. Best of luck against Polagwani City in two weeks and certainly in the uh, final against Chiefs.
3: Thank you so much and thank you
0: for having me on the show. Well, at FME Stadium on Saturday night I had the pleasure of once again seeing one of the most likeable characters in all of football and would you believe it's actually a referee. Not just any referee though, one of the original panel of uh, referees of the Premier League in England but uh, also a man who uh, is most renowned to Manchester United fans is the man who uh, sent Roy Keane off, what, a record four times? And well, I'm glad to say, David Ellray, MBE. is not only in South Africa, he's on the line. Uh, David, thank you very much for joining us. Hello.
4: Dwayne, hi. Very nice to talk to you again. Uh,
0: let's start off with Roy Keane there for just a moment. Uh, he was so delighted when you retired, of course. He wrote you a letter thanking you for hanging up your uh, your red card and, uh, and whistle, didn't he?
4: Yes, I think probably it was one of the highlights of his career when he <laughs> discovered that I was retiring, and it was uh, much safer for him to uh, stay on the field and perhaps complete a whole game, which he... Didn't always do when I had the pleasure of refereeing him. A red card
0: that I do remember was uh, when you red carded the then-Brazil captain Dunga against Germany in, in in 98. Speaking of Brazil, you actually refereed them here in South Africa in 1996. Nelson Mandela challenged Brazil World Champions. They visited South Africa as the African Champions at, at F&B Stadium. I mean, do you have those uh, special or fond memories of, of that afternoon?
4: Yes, and... Um it was a great game it was actually an evening game I think if you remember and the kick-off was slightly delayed because the then Vice President Tavo Mbeki was, was delayed in traffic and when people ask me about my refereeing career it's one of uh, you know, the real highlights to, to be at that game the African champions against Brazil who'd won the World Cup a couple of years earlier an amazing atmosphere in the stadium and of course particularly in the first half with um, Bafana Bafana winning 2-0 at, or leading 2-0 at half time and then the Beto led the, the fight back from uh, brazil who who won 3-2 in the end
0: Yeah, quite inspiring in that uh, second half for Beto, of course. But uh, it was also special for you in a sense that your relationship with South African match officials uh, was, I suppose, that was your first experience of South African match officials. You had an opportunity to meet, uh, amongst others, Ari Soldatis, who who heads up the referee appointments now, and, and of course, uh, South Africa's uh, Daniel Bennett, who's uh, one of our foremost FIFA panelists. Uh, You you have a long-standing relationship with uh, not only these gentlemen, South African officials in, in general now, don't you?
4: Yes, indeed. Uh, and uh, Ari was the liaison officer for me on that match. And beforehand, I was wandering around doing the, 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 the inspection of the field before the game. And there was a youth game on, and, and one of the, the assistant referees was was a young Daniel Bennett, who I spoke to afterwards because, of course, his father was out here as a referee at the same time as well. I think he'd been a top top level referee. So through Ari and and, and through Daniel, I, I became involved with South African football, and in my job at Harrow School, I had many South Africans come to me, uh, come to my, my boarding house at Harrow, um, some of them good footballers, some of them good cricketers, uh, Nick Compton, uh, who played for England until recently, was uh, was in my boarding house at Harrow, so I've got a very long sort 20-year of history, really, with South Africa, and at one point almost came out here to be a headmaster, so... It's a country I'm very, very
0: fond of. And we're the poorer for it. Of course, uh, from f- footballing perspective, I think uh, Kaiser Mutong Jr. was uh, arguably your most famous uh, South African footballer that, that was at Harrow for a while. But in, in terms, of, That's right, yeah. yeah. In terms of the quality of South African uh, officiating right now, I mean, you're familiar with uh, South African officials. Where, where do you put it right now?
4: Well, I think one of the general things to say about refereeing, which, which is that people are always quick to criticise referees and are slow to invest in referee development. And, and I say throughout the world, and I said to influential people here in, in South Africa, that the quality of football in any country, in any league, is affected by the quality of referee. Therefore, if people would uh, invest in developing referees, then the quality of football will, will improve. And, and from what I've seen recently, I saw again at WITS in midweek and, and the game at the FNB saying the weekend, I think there's a a big pretence for South African referees. They're refereeing a high-quality competition in in the PSL, but really they need the opportunity to spend more time developing, more time working, more time learning. And and therefore, I think the next step of refereeing in South Africa there needs to be a move towards professionalisation. And I think football in general will benefit from from the referees having more time to to work Uh, Work on their
0: skills. Yeah, I wanted to ask you what your feeling or uh, opinions were on on South African professional refereeing because uh, you, you're a man who's who serves in various capacities, you're a member of the uh, U- European uh, Football Association or UEFA uh, referees' committee, and of course, uh, Centre of Refereeing Excellence as well. You're involved with as well. Uh, but in terms of refereeing development, where do you think South Africa is? Are we are we, are we anywhere short of being? Um is the likelihood of having a professional panel a little too far ahead of us at this moment, or do you think the uh, the potential to have it implemented almost imminently is a, re- a reality?
4: Well, I don't know. I mean, a few years ago, you may remember, I, I was here in 2010 for the World Cup with, with Howard Webb, and then I sat on the Semenya uh, Commission um, into some corruption in football and then did some work with the PSL and SAFR about a potential professionalised refereeing structure. And I think that those discussions may well continue. Um and I think I just believe in the work I do with, with UEFA, the work I do in England, is people recognising that you refereeing and assistant refereeing is so important to the game that you have to give people the opportunity to work on it. And and I run the Centre of Refereeing Excellence at UEFA, which is developing the next generation of international referees from every country in Europe and beyond. And we, we have people from CAF and CONMEBOL come. And you can just see how when you give people focus, physically, mentally, in terms of skills, self-analysis, they improve. And there's no country in the world that wouldn't benefit from greater professionalisation of refereeing. And I think South has always been preeminent uh, as an African footballing country and, and produce great referees like Ian McLeod and Duran Damon and, and Daniel Bennett, the World Cup officials. Uh, so there's great potential there. But um, sometimes you need to create... For these people to have to develop their skills.
0: Well, you certainly inspired, and you're out on the pitch, and you continue to inspire those around you, David Ellery. Uh, I know you got a birthday coming up on Thursday. I won't mention how old you're turning. 23 again, I, I think it is. But, um, but best of luck, enjoy your birthday as you spend it here in South Africa. and Thank you very much for uh, making time for us.
4: Thanks
0: very so much. Very good to talk to you again, Dwayne. Thank you, and good luck for the season. C S L Radio Show. We're out of time, but now Lady Mole is up next after the news with a talk shop from uh, Siobhan and me, Dwayne Delocca. Have a lovely evening. Cheers. It's- that was a podcast of the SFM PSL Segunjalo show. Catch me, Dwayne Delocca, every Monday and Thursday from 6.30 to 7 p.m.